0: We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, marxism leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump's supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. Guys, um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, I just had a thought. I hope I'm not on a client's Facebook page. Oh well, if I am, I'll delete it. I wanted to, uh, real quickly before I hit the hay, uh, discuss the recent Supreme Court decision on the border. And basically, the okay, so the way that the judicial system is supposed to work in partnership with our Constitution, is that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, not the federal government. If a court decision or a law is contrary to the Constitution, it is considered null. It's considered something that we don't have to observe. observe. And I'll go through the Founding Fathers' ideas on that at a later time, but just know that we have legal precedent or we're supposed to have legal precedent on any judicial decision or law that is contrary to the supreme law of the land, the constitution. Well, with the border, there is, um, article four, section four. I'm going to read this to you and I'm going to explain what our founding fathers meant because you can literally read their words. It's ridiculous, and I don't know why even our Supreme Court is coming out with decisions that is contrary to the Constitution. Maybe they're um, submitting to peer pressure and fear of being, you know, mislabeled. I don't know. Or maybe they're ignorant of this clause. I don't know why that would be the case. I mean, if someone like me, that I'm not a lawyer. I, I just study. I read what the Founding Fathers say. It's very straightforward. I don't know... <laughs> Why it is so difficult to uphold the Constitution. So here in uh, Article 4, Section 4, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Uh, Real quick, guys, we are not a democracy. We are a, a republic, a democratic republic, meaning a democracy is mob rule, we have electoral votes, etc., so that we do not fall prey to mob rule. Instead, we have people that are to represent us. Part of their job is also for the good of us. Um, sometimes they don't do that. But anyway, we're a republic versus a democracy. And then it says, and shall protect each of them, the states, against invasion. Okay. Now, right there, I could stop. Right there is enough precedent for this border invasion to be stopped. I don't know why it's not being stopped, except that it must be part of the plan and the ignorance of the governors of the states or their hidden agendas. Because if you go on, it says, so the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union, a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Now, here's where it gets interesting. And on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Okay, so what does this mean? It can get a little bit uh, interesting. So, by the way, the president declaring national emergencies is actually illegal. It's not constitutional, not according to Clause 2. Congress cannot give its power to the president according to the separation of um, powers. But here, this Section 4, Article 4, people will use as an excuse for natu- uh, national emergency powers. And when it says um, to protect against invasion and against domestic violence, the domestic violence is referring to, Let me. I want to make sure I phrase it correctly, um, insurrections. So what the Founding Fathers wanted to do is, if you had a state and the governor, which is, that's the word for executive, by the way, it's not referring to the president. The Founding Fathers said that the executive in Section 4 is referring to the governor of the state. If you've watched any of my past uh, Urgent Educations, you know that the states were formed first, July 2nd. Uh, 1776 by the Lee Resolution. So a state in the founding fathers' minds was considered a sovereign country. That's what state means. And so you have the state of Great Britain, the state of Germany. That's how they classified countries back then. And so we're the United States or the United Countries of America. And so each state has its own executive legislative uh, legislative and even judicial branch. So the executive in the state, in this instance, is the governor. The state legislature is obviously, you know, pretty straightforward. And then of course you have the judicial. All right. So the founding fathers were saying, if you have within a state where the governor all of a sudden decides to go rogue and become a dictator or a ruler or break the constitution constantly, suppress the citizens, et cetera. Or if you have a legislature that refuses to enforce the laws or they go rogue and they start freaking out. Or if you have the people within the state that start um, freaking out and doing uh, insurrection, trying to overthrow the government, which, by the way, um, that was actually happening all in uh, 19 and 2020 with uh, BLM, et cetera. But if that is the case and the legislature or the governor is unable to quell the suppression or the the insurrection or they're part of it, then the federal government has the authority to go into that state and restore peace, okay? We actually saw this happen in Virginia. And it was during the Bacon Rebellion, which I've talked, I think, a little bit about that is the first time the terms black or white were used uh, in reference to race, by the way. But in the Bacon Rebellion, this uh, Virginia farmer wanted the governor to take land away from the Native Americans. And a lot of people don't know because true history is not taught. We did not take land from the Native Americans when we were first forming our country. We actually bought the land. Pennsylvania was bought. Uh, Connecticut was bought, uh, parts of Virginia were bought. Later, when the Brits stirred up the Native Americans, we went to war, and the rules of war are whoever you defeat, you take their land. And um, so that's how a lot of that happened. And then of course we did get ridiculous and um, you know, have some problems later. But anyway, <clears throat> so um, the the uh, farmer wanted the governor to do that the governor said, no, I'm not doing that. It's against the law. And so the farmer caused a rebellion and attacked the governor and the government of Virginia. So they were able to quell the uh, insurrection. They didn't have to call on the federal government to do it. But what was interesting about that situation is after that rebellion, um, what they realized is that women and black folk helped the farmer, and so they had to separate, so they stripped the rights of both the Blacks and the women, and then for the first time, they sewed a narrative of white versus Black to actually cause racial division. Before the Bacon Rebellion, and this scheme to divide us by color, if, if someone was to ask me, what, what are you? I would say I'm British. Uh, someone else might be Irish. Someone else might be German or Dutch. So we went by our nationality. We didn't go by our skin color until the Bacon Rebellion. But the main point of this is that the Bacon Rebellion is a perfect example of an insurrection within a state by citizens against their own government in an unlawful manner. And if the, Virginia hadn't been able to quell the Bacon Rebellion, then the federal government would have needed to come in. Now, I'm not sure that we were actually a nation at that point. We might have still been colonies. But all of that to say that's an example, okay? What's being labeled as protests are often riots, and what's being labeled as insurrection is actually a false flag operation. Okay, so if we go back to this, this fact of Article 4, Section 4, The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. In other words, you can't have a tyrant. And shall protect each of them against invasion. That would be foreign. And on application of the legislature or of the executive, a.k.a. governor of that state, when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Kitty, I'm, I'm discussing the Constitution here. Okay. Um... So the executive, the the reason I can tell you for a fact it is a government governor. The federal convention that occurred on August seventeenth, seventeen eighty seven, a Mister Ellsworth and Governor Morris had a conversation about this term. The term executive of this context was the governor of the states. Their concern was if the legislature or the governor was part of the rebellion then um, they, the federal government would have to come in. It was never referring to the president, ever. Uh, so it's, that's not the case there. And so what this means is uh, John Marshall, on June 4th, 1788, Virginia ratifying convention said that the power of the states is not taken away even in the instances when the federal government needs to intervene. Okay, so let's go back to the Supreme Court decision that basically allows our border to remain open. A lot of lawyers think that the term executive there is referring to the president when it's not. The fact is, the governor of New Mexico, the governor of California, the governor of Texas, Arizona, etc., could shut the border at any minute because that is their job, And they could also quell any insurrection, or they must not be a part of an insurrection, in their own state. If they refuse or fail to do that, then it is the federal government's responsibility to secure this border. So they're breaking the law. This is illegal. It is a takeover of our nation. And our governors, again, are either ignorant of their responsibilities because they don't know and they've not read what the the ratification documents, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers. So, for whatever reason, these people are ignorant of the Constitution that they swore to uphold, and it's really frustrating. It's a religious narrative that you can't understand the Constitution. It's religious. It's just like people that tell you, well, you can't understand the Bible unless you're professional. None of that's true. And so they try to make us think that we can't understand it and we don't know what's going on. So this Supreme Court decision, in my opinion, uh, is an is error. And I hope that the case is brought before them again and someone by that time will understand what the word executive means and Section 4, Article 4. In fact, I think the next urgent education, I'd like to go into the judiciary and what our founding fathers were attempting to do to protect us from tyranny. Because if you look at our founding documents, especially the Magna Carta, um, a lot of the language that's in those are in our Bill of Rights. They're in um, our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence. And Uh, The process to get us free was by using these legal documents, and because they use these legal documents, they also recorded their conversations uh, when they met as a Congress. So all of it is public record, and so I hope that maybe someone will understand that the word executive is not referring to the president, and instead they will do their job and secure our border. And don't even get me started on the Bidens. But let me tell you this. So one of the things that occurred when they started having kings in England that they were trying to prevent from happening here is that the executive branch, so the king, um, would become one with the parliament and then he would pay off or corrupt the, the judicial which would then be a tool to steal the rights of the people. Therefore, no one could get uh, the, the justice and the judgments that were needed based on law. And so taking over the judicial system is one of the ways that we end up in tyranny. And unfortunately, I think, again, ignorance or hidden agendas has gotten us pretty darn close to that. Um, the Supreme Court should not have the power it has that things should not be settled through the Supreme Court. We have to keep going to the Supreme Court because of government overreach, okay? So anyway, um, I just wanted to share that with you. It's a travesty. What led to the fall of the Roman Empire um, was there was a drought in Germany, and the uh, Germans decided to immigrate to Rome because they knew there was food there, and a mass exodus from Germany to Rome occurred, and it broke the financial system. There wasn't enough food. It weakened the the um, government. And then after that, nations began to invade. And slowly but surely, it began to not quite die. Just it wasn't the superpower that it once was. We're in the same position. 100%. So, anyway, I hope that... Um, we can get this thing reversed. I'm not sure. There's 17 million uh, illegal aliens in our country, and if they vote illegally, we may not ever win a conservative election again if we keep going this direction, which almost makes you wonder if that's what the plan is. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and um, finish this up, and I, I am uh, hoping tomorrow to be able uh, to do our um, our uh, heavy-revy teaching. And that's my goal. I'm finishing up all the end of the month's work, so I should be able to do that. And I hope to see you tomorrow, afternoon, or evening. Have a good night. Small is the new big. God is shifting from the current church structure back to his original intent and design, the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the original word that was used when Jesus was describing that he would build his church. with this training. Go to churchshift.me. That is churchshift.me.